Hello and welcome to another episode of Stories from the Pack uh, from Wolves Fancast. Um, on this series, what we do, we invite someone on each uh, episode really to talk through the highs and the lows of, of supporting Wolves and talk about their first memories, um, the first ever time they, uh, they followed the Wolves. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, by Joe, the um, Wolves correspondent to the Express and Star. Um, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, always happy to to be talking wolves. So, uh, yeah, let's let's crack on, mate. It's good, good, good <laughs> to be on here. Brilliant. No, I mean, at the time of recording, I, I read sort of an article from you, yourself, so I'm conscious that that's made, you know, it's a moving picture. But uh, as we're talking now, um, I think it's it, the uh, coronavirus tests have gone out, um, and it doesn't appear at this stage that any wolves players are affected. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so the the understanding is that Wolves have been given the all clear. Uh, they wanted to train in obviously in small groups, groups of five at Compton, and they can do that now. I mean, it's I mean, you know, we've been talking about it a few months back. It'd be crazy to think, you know, just shooting practice and a bit of passing drills would be so uh, so exciting. But uh, that's that's kind of the, the world we live in now. And uh, yeah, these lads can actually pass the ball to each other and edit to each other, whatever you want, and uh, fingers crossed we're on the right path now. Brilliant. I mean, this is the thing, and I was thinking just before we came on, I think for, for someone like yourself who's, who's followed Wolves um, this year, either from a fan or on a professional level, the amount of games that we've had, I mean, it's been sort of non-stop. So it just seems crazy from a Wolves perspective, all of a sudden to go, oh, OK, we're on pause. And at first I thought, Actually, this might be useful because if any team needs a break, it's Wolves. But then, the longer it goes on, you don't want to lose that momentum as well. Yeah, I think I think I think that's it. I, I remember I was, was it John Richards. I think I spoke to the other week. Obviously, you know, massive club legend, and he he was saying, um, you know, the way Wolves were going, that he reckoned they would have won the Europa and they, they would have they would have got at least sixth. So, I mean. There's, there's nothing stopping them from doing it once football restarts, but getting that momentum back will be a bit of a challenge. And, and you know, I know Nuno says it a lot, but he, he says it for a reason. He's a, he always points out the 12th man and the importance of the fans. And I think, you know, you look at Wolves, obviously they're a talented bunch, can play in any environment, really. But I think Molyneux has been a big factor in, in Wolves' success over the past few years. You know, that I, I don't think you'll find many grounds, if, if any, that are louder in the Premier League. So, adjusting to that, whether it's going to be neutral venues or whether they are allowed to play at Molyneux, not having that safe bank and stuff behind them might take maybe a week or two to get adjusted to. I think this is it. So, I think we're all waiting to see, as I say, sort of when um, football resumes and as you say, in, in sort of what capacity and what the different dynamic will be. But before lockdown 2020 came along if we start where we always do really at, at the beginning so um for yourself joe i'm interested um what's your first memories as, as a wolves fan either going to the game or, or the first time um you got a wolves kick what what sort of your first wolves memories for yourself as a fan uh pretty random actually mm. um yeah it wasn't like a monumental game or anything like that um Grew up in kind of a family of Wolves fans. Um, and as a kid, kind of just randomly gravitated towards players. Like when I was about four or five, and this is going back, but 
Like, for example, I really like Robbie Fairler because he wore the tape on his nose. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know why, but it just like made him stand out. I, I remember really liking Ronnie Johnson as well, just because yeah. I thought he had a, a, a nice name. Um, but just like things like that. So in, in my early years, I didn't really, you know, I didn't kind of gravitate, gravitate towards straight away, if you like. It was, it was more... I don't know, towards players. Uh, he used to gravitate towards players. He used to look really like Michael Owen and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but then it was, I think it was August of 2002. It was um, pre-season friendly. It might have been July, but in that summer of 2002, yeah. it was a pre-season friendly against Newcastle. Um, mm. was, my, was my first game. Um, I just remember just being kind of taken back by the kind of, it was obviously the sun. The sun was out and, and everything like that. Just being taken back by you know the, all all the gold all around you. Mm-hmm. It was just like like nothing you'd really ever seen before. Obviously, you know you see Liverpool and Man United in the red and, and Chelsea in the blue and stuff like that. But it, it, Wolves was completely unique in that respect. In you know, the gold and black. Now, I mean, I, I guess you could could uh, count Hull, but I mean. That's that's besides the point, um, you know. I just remember being taken aback by that and, and and seeing that game. I think Shearer was playing for for Newcastle that day. Um, Loire Loire got both goals for Newcastle. Mm. Um, two 0 I think he finished, and he, he did his uh, he did his cartwheel, uh, handstand, backflip, celebration, whatever it was. And um, from that point, really, I was. I was hooked. Um, I, I remember getting the me, me, me top not long after that. Um, it, I mean, a, an unimaginative Joe nine on the back, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was the uh, the Doritos top. That was. I mean, yeah. Admiral Dorito. I, mean, I think that one gets a bit of a bad rap. I don't know. Maybe because it's a bit more special to me because it was my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah. That, those are kind of the early memories. And then from that point, really, um, was hooked and, uh, you know, supported the club and now, of course, covering the club uh, ever since. It's brilliant. And I think what you, you say there, um, Joe, it ties in with, I think, a lot of people's memories of the club. And I know everybody's club is their own club. And we are obviously biased, you know, yourself as a fan and, and working for, as a correspondent as well. Um, but, you know, what you mentioned the ground and how it looks, it's iconic, isn't it? You know, it is It is one of those stadiums where it's not sort of a, a model stadium which could be replicated by a number of, of teams. And there's something about the ground, perhaps where it's situated, you know, in the city centre, that I feel that there is, there is a feel to it and it's an undeniable buzz. And sometimes it's not what's on the pitch. It's that first experience of going to the game, seeing the stands, seeing the seats and going... And I think Wolves have worked on that, that identity, as you know, and you know, in terms of the, the pack and it's it's unmistakable, isn't it, Molyneux? Uh yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I can't exactly put my finger on the pulse as to what it is. I I, I mean, if you someone asked me to describe it, I think I might struggle. Mm. And I mean I know I'm a journalist and I'm supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be good with good with words, but it, it, I don't know. I don't, if somebody told me to say what makes Molyneux so special, I think I'd struggle to sum it up succinctly. Um, it's just got an aura and, a, and, a, and an atmosphere that 
I just haven't really ever seen anywhere else. I mean, as you say, you, you get all these kind of renter kit grounds, um, you know, St. Mary's, you know, I mean, you, you know, the, the King Power, you know, you're just changing red seats for blue seats, aren't you, really? Um, they're all just kind of a bowl shape, and you know they're they're nice for what they are, but they they are very they are very similar to each other. There's not really anything that makes them stand out. And the wolves, it's always had that always had that, as you say, unique feel. Um, I mean, like even even little things now, like having the temporary corner. I mean, I know it's I know it's a, a temporary thing, which has ended up lasting about ten years anyway, mm. but <laughs> it's. Other grounds don't really have that. Um, the big screens, I know they weren't working for a lot of years, but stuff like that as well. And and obviously the the big, the big, uh, the big North Bank there. I mean, which is massive and obviously stands out from from wherever you are in the city. Right? Um, it's just there's just little things that kind of all add up to make Molyneux, as you say, a, a really unique and, and special place. Absolutely, and in, in terms of being unique and special, what what games would you say stand out for you at, at Molyneux? Either um, you know uh, when you first started going, or, or perhaps um, you know in, in recent years. I know obviously the team is for many of our generations. You know, arguably the best we we've seen. We we know about the fifties and the seventies, and perhaps weren't fortunate to see that. Um, what was sort of, I guess, your your highest moment as, as a Wolves fan? What was the moment when you thought? God, it doesn't get any better than this. I think this might be a bit of an obvious answer, but mm. the United game in the cup uh, last season—it's just I, I don't know. I, I, it's different emotion emotions. I think um, you know you do when you when you're a journalist. Obviously, you're still you're still a fan, but you do kind of have to separate separate the two a, a little bit, and it is a different feeling. Um, but just seeing seeing Wolves. But, you know, beat Man United and beat them handedly, really, and completely deservedly. That atmosphere as well was something I'd never really experienced at Molyneux before. I thought, you know, you talk, you're talking some of the some of the performances we'd already seen under there. Now we knew we knew Wolves were onto something, but I think that was the game where you look back at it and you think, right, Wolves have arrived now. That they're back in the big time. That they mean business. They're not just here to make up the numbers. They're, that it, even though it wasn't in the league and it wasn't, you know, to cement a, a finish. Even though it weren't a final, and and we obviously know what happened in the semi-final. Um, I think that quarter-final will always be looked back upon as having major significance in terms of Wolves rubber stamping themselves as a proper top-flight team and um, just being there to witness it. Um, was was really special, really special. So some of the other games, um, that Rob Room six four, I was I was there yeah. for that. <laughs> um, I was in I was in the um, I was in the the north the north bank and in that kind of um, corner bit. You know that bit where the kind of sometimes t- the, the quadrant, it, yeah. Sometimes section it off because you can't see properly over the top of the Steve Ball. Yeah, 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 and we did. Right by that, um, I think there was a full house that day, and I think they may well have just opened them seat. Um, but that Sam Ricketts goal was, was, it, was, was it, it was just kamikaze, wasn't it? It was just one end. Yeah. You score, we score, you score, we score. And that, that season actually was um, was, re- was one of my favourites um, 
as a fan, you know, it, it just exclusively yeah. as a fan, it, mm. if you like. Because um, at the time I was, what, how old would have been at the time? Probably, probably about 16, 17, something like that. And, um, you know, that, that, that's when I probably, well, a bit younger actually, probably about 14. But it was going to games, you know, quite a lot then. Um, a lot of the kind of evening games as well. I mean, tickets were, were cheaper as well. I mean, I, you know, it, it's it's little things like that. But you, of course, when, the, when we're in the Premier League and stuff like that under under McCarthy, you'd struggle to get a seat, or you'd have to sit in the in that temporary stand if you wanted to just go on the day. But when you when we're in League One, you could if you wanted to go to a game, you could go to a game really. And um, there's Crawley game that season that was a good game. Um, but and, and just the, the novelty and the kind of perhaps the uh, reality check of no disrespect, but seeing teams like Stevenage come to uh, come to Molyneux with Francois Alco playing up front, <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was such a far cry from anything else that I'd, I'd seen at Molyneux that I don't know it, you strangely appreciated it, and um, I think that season and. You know, obviously Kenny Jackie as well. Um, you know, we uh, of course knew now was taking the club to, to to giddy heights that a lot a lot of us had never seen before. But um, I think Kenny Jackie also deserves that credit for for getting Wolves back on back on the right path because as we've seen with so many other clubs, you get relegate, relegated to League One and and things can quickly go to pot. So. Um, that was a good season. That was, and it it, it helped seeing wins pretty much every week. I think that's the thing, and I um, I was chatting to um to, to Paul Berry when he did his, and he signaled signal um signalled out even the um the, the league one season because I think for the reasons you mentioned that it was probably a little bit of a novelty because um I guess fans have been accustomed to you know the ups and downs and kind of hanging on really let's be honest in the in the Premiership and then we had the the double dip and then it kind of felt a point where it was like okay let's you know um move on, this bit of a bookmark moment, let's, you know, wipe the slate and let's start again. And I think it was such a pivotal season because, God forbid, if we didn't get up that year, you know, as we've seen with other clubs, in, you know, of similar size to us, you could really struggle. But the fact that, I guess, the fans brought into it, and I think your point about Kenny Jacket, I certainly felt that he was just such the right fit because he brought into what we needed at that time. And I think, yeah, I think, as much as it's great now, you know, we've had ups and downs and, and perhaps in a moment we'll, we'll look at things when they weren't so good. But I think that League One season, you're right, I think in future, with however good this team goes on and, and if it even goes higher than it is right now, um, we're going to look back and say that was, I wouldn't say the start because it's a different regime, as you say, but it kind of real got the feel-good factor at the right time, which I think we needed, as you say. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was just, I think, obviously, the benefit of hindsight, you, you look at things perhaps a, a bit more glowingly than, than you would, but it, it really is. I mean, you know, at, at the time, the feel-good factor was back, um, you know, and you had you, you had kind of honest players playing, playing for the team as well, you know, a lot, a lot of kind of, you know, academy lads have kind of made that move through. Of course, Danny Bath was one of them and, and Jack Price and... I mean, I know they've moved on to other pastures since, but the likes of Lee Evans and things like that. It was a, it was a young group that you kind of could easily get behind because you know that they were honest, kind of hard-working young players with with, with talent to boot. Um, 
th- those years, yeah, were, were really good. I mean, you know, you were, had the flair of Sacco, you had the, you know, you had you had Dico who could who could score the goals. It was, it was a really good team. It was a really good team, and and I remember having a conversation with one of my mates actually before that season started. It was when I think it was on the day relegation was confirmed under um, under Saunders, which obviously we know was was a bit of a car crash. Um, I remember saying to him, the way we're going, I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll take top half next season. I'll take top mm. half in things. Just just so we can consolidate kind of, you know, <laughs> the God forbid a third relegation. I mean, I, I know it probably would have been unrealistic even in even in even given what had happened, but it was just in that mindset and just when you get used to losing games, I, I think it just rubs on rubs off on players. I think it goes through the whole club. If you're a fan, you get kind of used to the, to losing stuff like that. So the scale of the job that, that Kenny and the Nas lads did was was truly incredible really no it was it was and and I, and I think you're right it'll rightly take its place you know in sort of the history and the you know when it's chronicled in terms of um you know the landscape of wars because it was such a, a key season um I, i'll let you answer this but i may know the answer to that this because it may have been perhaps a season or two before what about your, your sort of your lowest moment as a, as a wolves fan what, what what would you signal that was there a particular moment when you thought why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, um, that was um, that that kind of last season in the Premier League. I mean, I know the 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 champ, I know the championship was bad um, under Saunders, but as bad as it is, I think we just got used to it at that point. I, mm. I mean, I know, I know we all kind of held on hope that, that that we would get out of it, but I think we just got used to it and almost towards the end it was just an acceptance of what was to come right let, let's get this season just finished now we need a new regime in place and hopefully next season will be better which which it was it's just that the end of that um premier league season um and they got rid of mick and in again hindsight's a great thing but, and it was obviously a, a, a very low point losing losing that much to, to the albion but Either keep me or get someone, get someone you know of 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 real kind of Premier League ilk in to 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 make to have a proper proper fist of it, and um, just those those last ten or so games in the Premier League where, of course, Terry Connor. I mean, you felt sorry for him really. I mean, it weren't weren't his fault, um, but he was just kind of loot. Losing every week and knowing what was coming and not really being able to do anything about it, and it was um, I think that that was kind of a low point because even though those Premier League years weren't anything as to what they are now, you know there were still some very good results when there over, over those over those few years you know, beat, beating Man United at, at, at Molyneux. Um and there were some good players, Stevie Fletcher and you know Kevin Doyle and. Obviously, you know, the likes of Jarvis and Kiteley, uh, you know, went on to get snapped up by Sunderland and West Ham, which which just kind of shows the difference in the club now. I mean, you know, our players won't get pouched by teams teams of that calibre anymore. But, um, yeah, it was just knowing that we're going into every game for those last several weeks of the season, just thinking, right, how many are we, lo- are we losing today? It wasn't, are we going to win? It was like, if we can keep it to one or two now, keep it respectable, then then that'll be that'll probably be some sort of achievement. So 
yeah, I think now's are the I think now's are the lowest times. I mean, the Hoddle era as well um, <laughs> wasn't great. Um, I never really, I never actually had a season ticket when I was when I was when I was young because I used to play football myself um, on on Saturdays, um, and I. I I used to fancy myself as a decent footballer. I don't know. I don't know if I was. I probably wasn't. Um, but I used to kind of play on Saturdays and stuff like that. And um, so I didn't. I couldn't really get to because I was kind of travelling. It was in one of them like West Midlands regional leagues. So some Saturdays you'd be going to say Burton or Derby or something to play a game, and then getting back for the game would be a bit of a stretch. So I could only do one in. I could only do kind of one in two really. So um, I remember, remember kind of going to the games at the Hoddle era and uh, my, my dad and my brother who had a season ticket at the time both cancelled their season tickets, which I think a lot of people yeah. did during that era. I think that was quite a common thing. Um, yeah, that, that those weren't great times either. I mean, that you know, it was just one-one draw, wasn't it, <laughs> week after week? Um, so getting used to losing, that's, that's now fun. And... Draws really on on all that fun in the in the in the in the in the grand scheme of things. So I'd probably say yeah, I'd probably say that last Premier League season now, just losing every week and knowing what was coming. Yeah, and I, and I think this is it, and I think it was it was just such a confusing time because, as you say, you know we we invested and and we thought we'd push on, but I remember at the time there were teams like Swansea, for example, who seemed to just be getting better than us, and I was like, well. We're not really going anywhere, and then yeah, the the hodler is 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 a different feeling because we weren't probably in danger of, of going down necessarily, but we weren't in danger of going up. It, it kind of for me yeah. at that point, it was it was more about the, the, the football and the containment, and it's the kind of if it's really bad, then it's one thing, but when it's just kind of like God, this is tough going, then that in itself, it's the apathy, isn't it? I think which is which is tough. Um, but I guess sort of on, on, on a lighter note, sort of if we look at, at players, um, what sort of your, have been your favourite players since sort of uh, your first time to Molyneux to, to present day? first one that really caught my imagination was Kenny Miller. Um, mm. I, as I say, I fancy myself as a footballer growing up and I, I was a striker even now. Uh, every time people saw me, it was like, "Oh well, you, you're six foot for a twelve-year-old. You should be, uh, you should be a centre half." I was like, "No, no, 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 I'm a striker." And it's like until I lost all my pace at fifteen, and then became absolutely useless. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was strikers that I kind of always like looked towards because you'd it might sound silly, but you'd be, be looking at them and try and kind of mimic stuff that they did. Um, I just remember. Miller just being like he weren't say lightning quick over say like thirty yards or something like that, but he just had that burst, mm. and he he used to just work his socks off as well. He was just like a kind of a you know a proper striker. That that goal against um, it was against Man United, wasn't it in that um, in that Premier League year as well, where he kind of like put, I think he puts it through West Brown's legs, and then just yeah, like, did he slip? It. I think the, the West Brown slip or the defender yeah. slip? Yeah. I don't know. But some, of, yeah. I mean, he, he took it really well, and that was kind of like a goal that that, that summed him up. Um, so Miller, in those kind of Jones Hoddle years, it would be Miller, and then going into kind of like McCarthy, it would have been um, would have been Sylvan, Sylvan Banks, Blake, and 
I just remember him being signed. I remember seeing it on like Sky Sports and we'd signed him for a million quid or whatever it was. And um, I was thinking, hmm, we signed in somebody from Plymouth. I know he scored a, a, a few goals, but never really, mm-hmm. never really, never really heard of him. And just thought, mm, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to think of this. But then as soon as I saw him play, I thought, yeah, he's 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 going to be something. Um, I just think that Charlton goal, which for me might still be my favourite Wolves goal. Mm. I mean, I know, I know the, ne- the Neves goal was was amazing against Derby, and it's probably it, it's very little to split them, but um, just the way he puts Paddy McCarthy on his arse and then smacks it into to the top corner is is it's just unbelievable, and it, it kind of encapsulated everything that. Sylvan was as a striker, you know, get <laughs> kind of back back into the defender, use his, mm. you know, use his brain to, you know, to, to barge him off. Just a bit of a sharp turn to create that space, and then just absolutely lever it into the top corner. So um, he, he, you know, it's always been kind of the strikers that 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 I've really kind of gravitated towards. J- Jota's my favourite, I'd say now, and probably my favourite ever. Um, because the way he runs at players and takes risks, and he's the one really that that gets that gets me excited anyway. Um, you know, Traore of course runs past players, but Jota runs through him. It's like you know, it's, it's like skiing, like slaloming through defenses, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's great to see. Um, I mean, Raúl, he's you know, Jimenez is obviously a delight to watch as well because he's got so much to his game for a number nine. You, you've pretty much got all the characteristics you'd want from a striker. But um, Jota, even when he's even when he's off form and he's trying too hard and things aren't coming off for him, he kind of know, you go you go on a bit of a journey with him. When he when he's when he's in those blips, you're just waiting for him to, to to get back to his best. And when he does, it's all the more satisfying. So um, I'd say Jota Jota, yeah, he's um, my all time favourite, really. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're right. Just and, and I think that's the thing with with Jota. That's that's kind of how I feel. And I think you referenced there. He may have a invariably has a sort of a slow start, doesn't he, to a season? And then, as you say, when it when he's kind of a bit out of your form, you're like can't write this 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 lad off because yeah. it's that sort of as you brilliantly describe it's swallowing sort of is you know he's coming down the ski slopes and people <laughs> and defenders are going left and right and trying to avoid yeah. him you know he's unplayable he's got that sort of center of gravity and the way he plays is is an absolute joy so so that's that's the present day it's been brilliant um really going through sort of you know the memory memory lane as it as it is in terms of and we hope you know um, yeah, football obviously restarts when it's safe to do so. Um, the, the final thing I've, I've asked a, a few of the people on this, and I think it's really good to get yourself on for this, for your perspective working for the Express and Star. How much do you kind of find that the, the city has such a huge part to play with the football club and vice versa? You know, we the club talks about sort of the one pack mentality, but I think it's been so heartening where football's not been on and football, you know, there's no been games that the club still feels very much a part of the city. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Um, speaking to Carl Henry not long back about it and um, obviously he'd set up this um, former players fund for the for the NHS and they raised, you know, 50, 50 grand, which is which is fantastic. And um, 
you know, allowed a kind of former players getting in touch, whether they were superstars at Wolves or whether they were, quite frankly, rubbish for Wolves, you know, that they, mm. they, they, they got in touch, they got, in, got on board and, and did their bit to help. And I think he said it himself, I know he's an ambassador for the foundation and he, and he perhaps might have to say it a bit, but I think it does, does ring true is that it, he says it's not like any other club he's been at, you know, that, that kind of, you know, Wolves is in t- ingrained in the community and vice versa. And um, I think being a one-club kind of city, you know, it makes it special. I mean, obviously, you know, if, you, if you're from Manchester, you've got a couple, a couple of options or you've got, you know, the lesser options if you end up supporting Oldham or something like that. I don't know. But, um, you know, if you're from London, you've got, a, you know, you've got countless options and whatever. But if you're from, if you're from Wolverhampton, invariably... You, you support Wolves, you get a few, you know, glory hunters or whatever, supporting Man United or, well, not so much these days, but um, in usually, I'd say 90, 90-95% of people from Wolverhampton are, are Wolves fans or at least have some sort of, you know, Wolves allegiance in their family. So, um, it, it is really special and, you know, during this, like, kind of, you know, this pandemic and things like that, it's still, it's still kind of the heartbeat of, as the community, you know, people, you know, United talking about Wolves and just wanting, wanting, you know, some news on when it's back. And that's why I kind of really take a lot of pride in what I do at the moment because, you know, it's, it, it Wolves is my passion just as much as, is, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's everyone else's, you know, and I know it, you don't have to be a fan to be uh, a good club journalist. That's not, it's not, you know, a, you know, a requisite of it at all. You know, you could you could be you could be an Albion fan and be a, a brilliant correspondent for Wolves. You know, that's just the nature of the nature of the job. But you know, having grown up a Wolves fan, I, I, I do try my best to to kind of represent you know those values and and you know make sure people are informed. And so, um, but kind of going back to the the um, the kind of united. You know, city and things like that. It, it does ring true. It's not. It's not just a saying. It's not. You know, the strength of the wolf is in the pack and stuff like that. It is a catchy. It is a catchy um, motto, if you like. But it does ring true, and especially over these last few years under Neymar, um, you know, people who would have lost interest, who would become a bit disenfranchised, or just for whatever reason had kind of, you know, not been following the club as much. It's the talk of the town now. It's, it's on. A, it's on everybody's lips. You know. It, it, you know, me and my brother all have big conversations about Wolves over the phone. You know, it, even though we've got other stuff to talk about, Wolves tends to dominate the conversation. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it, it is special. And I, I think, obviously, other fans will tell you differently. I think, you know, every every fan has a different affinity and a special affinity to their particular club. But I do think Wolves is, is special. And I think I think a lot of people... Even you know the the aren't Wolves fans do recognise that you know it's it, it is a club that is definitely unique and obviously you know a, a rich history. Um, it's had its trials and tribulations as, as we all know, and um, but now it's on the rise again and it's it's becoming a big player. So um, yeah, it's it, and it's you know it, it it's it's a joy to 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 be following them and, and covering them. Now, as I as I look, as I'm so so lucky to do, brilliant, and and I think that's the thing. It's it's 
I kind of feel it when you go out and about, don't you? And as you say, you must do it, you know, being immersed in, in the city and, and through, through your profession as well. And, you know, I went on a run the other day and I, I've got my walls kit on and someone all sort of from a distance have a chat with you and stuff. And you can feel it, you know, people want it and, and kind of and, and ready for it to come back. So, um, as I say, you know, at time of recording and I suspect when this does go out, football is, is on pause and we'll get in obviously to the position there, hopefully, We'll have some on-field action, as, as Joe mentioned earlier. In what capacity, we'll, we'll wait and see. But if you want to stay informed, obviously, we're doing our best on, on the Wolves Fancast to bring as much content to you during this time. Um, if you follow Joe as well, Joe Edwards on Twitter, I think it's Joe Edwards underscore star. Correct. Um, so if you follow Joe as well, he's keeping us up to date with um, the moving story, really, in terms of how um, COVID-19 is affecting football and, and developments with Wolves on and off the pitch so follow joe there as well and obviously we've both got our respective podcasts as well and if you like us and you you love the club then you know this it's an optimum moment right now to kind of get your fill and we hope we're giving you something to listen to during these times so um finally thank you to joe um it's been a pleasure talking to you yeah pleasure mate really really enjoyed this i mean as i say it's always nice to be talking about walls and uh good to have a chat mate Brilliant. So uh, from both of us until uh, we speak to you uh, next time, uh, stay safe and stay well.